All right, uh, we have been doing a short series, what I'm calling discernment. And discernment means what? To be, to wisely choose, yes. Uh, to understand and be able to choose. And so we started out to um, on a lifestyle choice. Lifestyle. And we, we talked about sit, walk, stand. Anybody remember sit, walk, stand? Sit not in the seat of the scornful, okay? Stand not with sinners, and walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. So it's choosing a lifestyle to say, I'm going to be different. My actions are going to be different than those of an ungodly person, all right? Ungodly, scornful, and sinful people. And we talked about those types of choices in life. Um, to, but to say, I'm going to be godly. I am going to choose to live in a godly way. And if I do, I have something. Something, how do people know that I'm godly? Eventually we went on to, how do we choose friends? And you know those are the right kind of friends because... They have something. The fruits of the Spirit. Hey, look at that. They have the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit give you the wisdom, the ability to be able to understand and choose the right pathway so that you know who you are and then you know who you want to be with. And that's what we talked about first. And then the next week, we talked about information and truth. Truth and information. And you are in a world filled with information. In particular, you have never grown up in a time frame when the internet did not exist. Alright? Back when I was a kid, we did reports in encyclopedias. Okay? <laughs> That was how we looked things up. It wasn't an encyclopedia. Anybody even know what an encyclopedia is? Yes. It's, all right. It's, it's very helpful. It is very helpful, right? <laughs> it is a series of books that you'd buy, and you were like special if you had one at your house, a whole set of these books. It'd be a whole set of books, A through Z, and for each one of them, you could look up all sorts of things. Like you could look up. Uh, all about Poland in there, or all about um, a specific kind of, like the albatross bird, or something like that. You can look any of those things up, okay? And it was limited to whatever that company had put in to that print. And it was also limited to the year that it was printed. So I had some good ones, I think they were printed like in the early 80s. Right? But it didn't obviously didn't stay up to date. And so if you were really good, you not only had the World Book Encyclopedia set, 
but you had each specific year after that they would publish updates to those things. And you'd have a yearly update for every single one. It might be a couple volumes or one volume, depending on how much they added for the current events. So it was like a constant growth of things. But all of that doesn't even exist, really. I don't even know if you could buy encyclopedias anymore. Because the internet came by, and you can look up anything to the moment. People send pictures of what they have for breakfast. I don't know. What do you guys, Snapchat stuff you send or stuff around? You don't even Snapchat probably anymore, right? That's old already? No. It's not old, I just don't know. Okay, <laughs> good. Right, so what I'm telling you is there's information out there and there's millions and millions of things. Now, you can have fun and send pictures and do those types of things, but there is a darker side of the information out there. There is a side of information out there that it doesn't have big flags on it that says, hey, this is not good to read this or get into this or do these things, okay? It doesn't have flags on it. So you have to have wisdom to be able to choose that. That's what I'm interested in, is to try to get you to understand more about wisdom, choosing, discernment, right? First of all, to understand a little bit more broadly, and then to be able to choose, not just to be able to choose, but choose well. Choose the right choice and path in life. So that's an important part of it, is discerning with all this information that you have, okay, out there at your fingertips, in the world at large and online, you have so much is there, so what is good and what is bad? And then what doesn't really matter? And what wastes time? You got one life. One, not two. One life, right? You only have one life. And that one life, you can make a lot of choices that would really change your life right in this time frame of your life. In the next 10 years for all of you in your life, okay, you will set the total course of your life. You will probably meet someone you're going to get married to maybe. You might have children in those 10 years. You might buy a home in those 10 years. You might get a, uh, your job in those 10 years or decide what you're going to do. All of those major decisions that make up your life, and you will have consequences, good or bad, for the rest of your life, happen in those next 10 years. It's a very compressed time of life for you. Lots of decision making. If you were 18 or 20 and making all these decisions, but you had the wisdom of an 80-year-old in your brain, That'd be awesome because you can make great decisions and then live all of those good consequences out. So with that accelerated time in life where you're making decisions, you also need to accelerate your learning, your understanding of what's true and what information do you want and how, what was the standard? Remember the standard where, whereby you would decide what's good information, what's true, what's false. Standard is always God's Word. 
So how much of God's word you've put in your head, in your brain, will help you and will matter a lot in this time of your life. Are you spending 10% of your day? That'd be two and a half hours, 2.4 hours, right? Putting God's word, probably not. That's a lot of your day, right? Are you spending 1% of your day putting God's word into your mind? That's a tenth of those two hours, which is just a few minutes. Okay? Gives you a little perspective. With that other perspective, what other things are you spending your time at during your day? If it's that important, is it even something you do daily to put some of God's Word in your mind? Now, I told you, you have all the opportunities, along with all this information and all this huge amount of things that I didn't have except to go to an encyclopedia. Also, you have a way to be able to put God's Word in your mind, too. On those same, that same internet, you can also find apps and things like that where they read God's Word to you. You can listen to it. You can listen to it, and you don't even have to sit down and read it all the time. So there's more opportunity for you as well as more information to go through. So the opportunities are there to do it. Use those opportunities wisely. Put God's word in. It will not come back void. That's what God said. When you, he says, I send out my word and it does not come back void. That means it comes back with a good purpose and a good harvest. If you spend time and put it in your mind, it will help you with all those decisions. God will lead you in those things when His Word is in your mind. If it's not there, you will struggle more. And that's just the truth. You're going to make a choice. I can't make it for you. I can't make you do things. right? But you've got to make a choice. I can lay it out and say, here's what you should do. But I can't make you do it. Okay. So, those choices, we talked about those things that are there. Now today, I want you to go, and we're going to look a little behind what's going on. I said there's lots of information out there. And there's lots of people out there to choose friends and choose lifestyles and choose things that you're going to be a part of, information that you're going to have in your mind and things. So what's behind the dark side of things? How do you know? Why is it out there? What's going on? All right? And so we're going to look. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, we're going to start with. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Back to the book of Galatians. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, 11, and 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10, 11, and 12. So if you want to read 10, please, and we'll keep going around. Finally, 
Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay? So, the struggle that's really happening out there is not all visible. Much of it is invisible. Much of it is in your heart and your mind. It is what's behind the darkness, behind the things out there, behind the choices of what you really need to understand. And it explains, it says, be, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, but on the armor of God, because there is a battle... There is a battle out there, okay? And it is a struggle that you will have every day and you won't see the enemy. It's pretty difficult to understand and beat an enemy that you don't see. But that's what we have. The enemy is not just Satan, but talks about the wiles of, of the devil, Satan, but also all of the fallen angels that we call demons now, or the, the people, or the, the beings that fell from heaven, okay, with Satan, or cast out of heaven by God with Satan. And those demons and Satan have created a structure. Now, why do they create a structure? Well, much of what is out there, Satan cares about position. Remember, Satan was in heaven with God. And what was Satan's sin? Do you remember? Why was he cast out? Pride. He thought he was better than God. So he is all about position. right? He wants to be the best. And so how do you think he's going to set up people that work for him? Well, they're all going to be under him, right? Like a structure. And it talks about those things where there are principalities, which is a word for kingdoms, right? There's kingdoms and powers and rulers of darkness in spiritual and high places, okay? So there are, there's kingdoms, basically, and these, a power structure. And that's what we battle against. A power structure that has yours and mine bad, uh, they, they want bad things to happen to us. Okay, they are not interested in our welfare. And so they are looking to try to take us down. Now why do they care about us? That's what we're gonna learn a little bit more about What's behind it? What's the point? What's the purpose? But that is part of our battle. We struggle. Now, we have two things that we struggle against. Our own flesh, right? It comes in our nature. It happens a lot. And then we struggle against Satan and the powers, the evil powers, okay? Those are both influences out there. I might be lazy on my own, 
okay? I might be prone to anger on my own. That's my flesh. I might be prone to um, impatience or sexual sin or all sorts of things. That might be what my flesh is prone to do. And I don't need much prompting to sin. In fact, I probably do it without even thinking about it. But when I have that nature already there that I'm struggling against, and then Satan gets involved and says, I want to stop this. I want to make sure this gets off track. Then it seems like we're going to be in trouble. Okay? We could not stand on our own against Satan. Except that God has created a way for us to do it. And it's illustrated through armor to begin with, okay? He's created this way, and we talked about armor. Put on the armor of God. So let's keep reading in that verse number 13. Let's go all the way through 18, please. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having... And your feet sandaled with read, readiness for the gospel of peace. And and above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to find your fury doubts of the Okay, so we have been given these things. Truth, righteousness. Oh, that's going to be bad on my... Okay, truth, righteousness, the gospel. Okay, readiness for the gospel. Faith. Salvation. And the Word of God, or the Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. And then finally, we, we bracket this all in prayer. Put it on with prayer. How do we have these things? These are how we battle against Satan. It is not like I have to go and lift weights. It's not going to help me. Okay? I don't have to learn how to use a spear or a bow and arrow. But I do have to learn how to have faith which shields me from Satan. See, we're fighting these powers of darkness, these wicked spiritual things. And so my faith or my ability to trust in God's promises holds back Satan. How do we know that? Because when Jesus was tempted directly by Satan, it was his faith in God that he says, man shall not live by bread alone. He's starving. And he could have turned the bread into the stones into bread, right? And Satan said, just go do it. Feed your own need. And he says, no, God, man shall not live by bread alone. I will be taken care of as I need to. But there's something more important. That is his faith. 
trusted God and he used his faith. He didn't punch Satan. He didn't try to knock him out. That's the way to fight and battle with him. He used truth, which is the sword. He used, every time he answered Satan, he used a verse from the Word of God or a part of a verse from the Word of God. That's how Jesus did it. So if you think we're going to do it differently, you got another thing coming. It won't work that way. You, it works the way to learn to battle, okay? Righteousness is the desire to do God's will. That does not come naturally. You have to pray for that. You have to ask God to help change your heart. Because what do you want to do naturally? I go back to the flesh. It's easier. My impatience is much easier because I just go to it. My mouth is so much easier to say whatever I feel like and not ask God to help me change that. Okay? My anger is so much easier because I just go and pound on somebody and then I go back. That was my nature. But that's not what God says you ought to do. And so we have to pray for that. We have to understand something bigger than us and that we are here, the gospel, is to talk about Christ ready to talk about Christ at all moments, right? And that is what God put us here for. Obviously, our salvation is ultimately what protects us, keeps us, right, and brings us through this life. And that was a gift from God. And then the Word of God giving truth, okay? So we stand on truth. We're able to put this armor of God on, which is the only way we can battle these invisible enemies, the only way to do it. That's what God said. He says, I gave you these things. You're going to have to pray about them. You're going to have to spend time. You're going to have to put the word, excuse me, the word of God in your heart. Otherwise, you will never be able to pull it out when you need it. And if you're not ready for battle, then what happens? What happens? You go to battle, you're not ready. You either get killed or you lose, right? You, you lose. And there have been times in my life, many times, where I've not been ready for the battle in front of me. Okay? Those are things where you put that stuff in your mind. And I have spent much time, especially in my youth, putting God's Word into my heart. I've listened to many, many, many sermons and things like that where you try to put those things into your mind. Okay? While you're working, while you're doing other things, put that in your mind. But yet, it still is difficult. It's not an easy gimme. Okay? It is a difficult battle to, to wage and to win. Not impossible, but difficult. And with God's help, if you focus on it, you can do it. That's where it comes out to discern your lifestyle. What am I doing in this life? Your world is different and intense. Living in it. it doesn't matter what house you grew up in, you're still living in the same world. Okay, you all got to figure out a way to get into what you're going to do, where you're going to be, what you're going to live, how you're going to how you're going to live, and choose what you're going to do with your children and your future home and your future family and the things you're going to do. You lived and grew up in a certain way. Everyone a little different here. Okay. But you have to choose what you're going to do. And this all comes down from understanding, having discernment, being able to make good choices 
That's what I want you to be able to do. And using God's Word and truth to unfold your pathway to say, okay, I'll, I'll listen. I'll walk that pathway. All right? Every one of you could say these are the faults of my parents and the things I don't like about them. Except my kids. <laughs> no. That every one of you can say these are the things I don't like. These are the things I would do differently. What I'm saying is, because you all have humans as parents, last time I checked, right? What I'm saying is, your success will, will not totally depend on them unless if you let it. Your success will depend on your ability to prepare yourself for battle, to fight, to get ready, to spend time in God's Word and do it. Otherwise, you will go to your nature. And your nature will bring you very, very close to your parents, doing just what they did, probably, because they may have gone close to their nature, too. Whatever happens, happens, okay? So be aware, if you want the choices to be right in your life, you make a choice. You decide what you're going to do. But remember, remember, here we are, right? It will, it is tough. we got our own flesh to fight against, and then we've got Satan. What is happening with him? All right, uh, John chapter 16, verse 33. And as we see, we got this great big battle. John 16. We have some words right from Christ. John 16, verse 33. Yes, it seems like the world's in a battle. And can we do this? John 16, 33, wherever we left off, please. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay, so here it is. You want peace in your life. You want to live in peace. The only way you're going to have peace, Jesus says, peace in me. That's it. That's your way to have peace in this world. You will have tribulation. You will have trial. You have, will have sicknesses, diseases, hardships, loss, and battles in your life. Okay? But Christ said, I will walk you through them, and if you are in me, you'll find peace through those things. Why? He says, because I've overcome the world. I am living in a in a way that's much larger than the world. And if you want to join me in my purpose, join me in what I'm doing, Jesus says, you will have peace in me and you will walk through this life unscathed. And I don't mean unscathed in that everything will be happy and wonderful for you, wonderful for you and you'll never have a hard time in life. But you will be unscathed in that you walk through to eternity and God will walk through you each moment. And, and these guys don't get their hands around you. Right? The dark things of this world don't get their hands around you, said, because Christ has you. He protects his own. He protects his own. Okay? He says, do not fear, I have overcome the world. Come to me. Now, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. As we get a little further into this 
battle, and Christ says, I've overcome the world, now let's look a little deeper at the enemy. Chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 13, 14, and 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, 14, and 15. This is Paul talking about the deceitful people in the world. And watch where they come from and, and look a little deeper. Verse 13, 14 and 15, please. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostle of Christ. It is no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing that the ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Alright, so here's what he's saying about the enemy. The enemy, look for them in churches. <clears throat> I thought that's where you're supposed to, we're supposed to believe everybody, right? Look for them in churches. Be careful who is where. Because, he says, Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. He looks beautiful. He offers what seems to be an amazing direction, an amazing way. He says, you look and be careful and be aware. Satan does that. Why do you think the, pe the, the beings that work for him and the people that have chosen his way won't also appear to be good? Whew, now they're all in disguise. That's tough, isn't it? I thought you could pick those enemies out, but how do we know them, right? We started in the very first series, how do you know them? First series, you said it earlier. Who's in the Spirit? By the fruits of the Spirit, right? You know real people who are really on the right side by God's work in them. It's obvious. You walk up to the apple tree and say, oh, there's an apple. Not one mealy, crabby apple, right? But there's a whole tree of apples. There must be something good. You are to be careful with people. Every person that walks in the church door, you are to be careful. You are to watch them like a hawk and look at them and make judgments. And I don't mean be judgy about them. I mean be discerning for yourself. How do you invest yourself in a person? Be careful. Are they, do they have the fruits of the Spirit? Or could they be someone that could lead you down a wrong path? Okay? You have to be smart enough and more than smart enough, wise enough to be able to choose understand because there is a very much level of deceit and disguise right so be careful I think I spelled that wrong deceit and disguise happens and Satan is out there 
looking, transforming into an angel of light, right? So he is out there, and he looks beautiful, and it looks so good, it looks so promising. Be aware. This is where I said, you got to have Scripture in your mind. If you don't have Scripture, you won't be able to fight that fight. They are smarter than us. They are more powerful than us than as a human Christian. But they are not more powerful than our God. And that's why faith and trust and righteousness and truth from our God and salvation and protection and outdoing God's work, which is spreading the gospel, just focusing on why are we here? We're here to tell the gospel. Readiness for the gospel to say, Jesus Christ came to earth. He's God in the flesh. He died for us so that we can be forgiven. He rose again, and He's waiting for us. He will come back, and we will go to heaven with Him if we trust Him. That's the gospel. If that does not drive who you are, then you need to think about what you're doing in life. Right? Because that's what drives what God is. And so you're watching people saying, does that drive who they are? Is that what they talk about? Is that what's most important in their life? Is that the type of fruit that they have? Or do they have other types of fruit? Right? You have to watch and you have to be smart and you have to be careful with all of that. Deception is Satan's purpose. Now, I don't have time to turn to it, but in Revelation chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 9, it describes a dragon and a pregnant woman. Okay? And you're like, what is this? What's talking? Right? So the dragon is a picture of Satan. The pregnant woman comes out. She's pregnant. Right? So she's going to have a baby, but she's right at the edge of having this child. And this is the picture. The dragon is waiting for her to have the child. His intention is to destroy it once it's born. Okay, And this is the picture that happens in Revelation chapter 12. It goes on to describe Satan as being that dragon. So his intention... The woman says is crowned with 12 stars, okay? It describes Israel. Okay, Israel as a nation. And what was the most famous baby that came out of Israel as a nation? Jesus, right? And so Satan waited, this is the picture, Satan waits in time for Jesus to be born and his intention is to destroy him. Why? Because he hates Christ. He hates God. He hates everything that God stands for and he wants to stop the plan that God has for the redemption of the human race. Now he lost, right? Jesus went he was born, he was protected through God's hand, brought him through his whole life. He was crucified for us just as God planned on the moment that God planned it and then rose again. Even though they tried to protect the grave and said, you can't raise up again, Satan so couldn't stop him. But his intention was to take 
down that redemption. Right? God's purpose, the gospel. That story is what Satan wanted to stop. So when Satan comes and gets in, he is not necessarily just going to come in and bother you every day about things. Right? Nor his minions, his people out there. He's not out there looking to trip you up every day. But if you have the gospel as one of those focuses in your life, that's what he wants to stop. Right? He cares about stopping those things that, that God wants to happen. He wants to thwart God's plans. If you are a part of God's plans, he'll use you to stop them. Right? And that's where you need the wisdom, the discernment, to be able to have peace in God, use the truth, use the gospel armor, be able to stand up against the wiles of Satan and resist him. And it says, if you resist the devil, he will flee. Okay? Resist him through these things. But understanding that is to begin to understand the enemy. Why is there a great big dark side of the world? Why is there so much information online? Why is there dark things happening? And you'll hear lots about them in your life. All these things that are happening. Tragedies and terrible things. Why is there such a dark, evil thing? Well, many of them go back to the power or money, okay, that those things offer. And what does that sound like? Well, Satan, he's, he's all about that. Give me, I want it for me, I want it for me. So he's going to offer anybody that can, anybody that will come to him, he's going to offer those things. Okay? In the end, it's the wrong pathway to go. And that's where you have to have the discernment and the understanding to say, I need wisdom, I need faith, I need truth, I need righteousness in my life, I need God to save me and walk me through these things. Because the enemy is powerful. But with God in my, in my world, in my heart, I can overcome Him. Right? I can overcome Him because Christ overcame the world and I can have peace in Christ. So understanding the enemy is a big part of discernment. What are you living for? Are you living for God? You will have troubles. And Jesus says it. You will have trials in this world. If you're living for God, you're going to have them. But you can overcome. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He will help you walk through when you make your decisions. Have discernment. Have wisdom. Be able to choose wisely where your life will end up. Understanding the enemy. That's an important thing. Thank you very much. Have a good day.